You are listening to episode 18 of the Design Influence with Albinos. I don't have exact numbers, but I'm pretty sure that most of you are entrepreneurs. Maybe you're a solopreneur trying to navigate the waters of running your own ship, or maybe you've started your own firm and you have a team of talent behind what you've built, or if you're like my guest today, who a few short months ago was a side hustler, you're juggling a day job or a full-time gig, whatever you want to call it, with your passion of being a designer. Today, I'm super excited to be hanging out with my girl, Amanda Amato. Amanda grew up surrounded by the construction business. It was a family-owned construction business, so very early on, she was influenced by design and architecture. She actually says that some of her earliest memories were playing in her grandfather's trailer and him teaching her how to read blueprints. How crazy is that? Like, imagine remembering that so clearly, and then fast forward, you are in a field where you are reading blueprints. From there, she was totally fascinated with the idea that her sketches could become reality, like literally built from the ground up. So from the very beginning, she started pursuing a career as an interior designer. Today, Amanda is the founder and principal designer of AMA Design and Interiors. She creates positive and supportive environments for homeowners who are just starting a new chapter in life, and she uses psychology techniques to really bring her designs to life. She's all about designing with intention to elevate the living space and elevate the client's headspace. I'm super excited for you guys to talk to her today because, like I said, a few short months ago, she was a side hustler. She had a full-time job while building her design career. So I'm going to be chatting with Amanda today all about going from a side hustle to being self-employed, what that transition looks like, the mindset that went into making that transition, and everything she's learned along the way. I think you guys are going to really enjoy this episode. It is packed with aha moments and a little bit of woo, and I'm excited for you guys to hear what we had to chat about. Welcome to The Design Influence, a show dedicated to changing the conversation and creating impact on and offline. The Design Influence is all about you, the online designpreneur, helping you be a better designer and entrepreneur in this new digital landscape. I'm your hostess with the mostest, online interior designer, content creator, and nonstop idea machine, Albie of Albie Knows Online Interior Design. If you're ready for some candid and caffeinated conversations about everything from decoding interior design tools to growing pains as an entrepreneur to figuring out what the heck it means to be an influencer, then turn up your earbuds and let's dive in. Hi, Amanda. Thank you for hanging out with me today. Hi, thanks for having me. So I've already told our listeners a little bit about you, but I want them to hear straight from you um, who you are and where you are in your business, just kind of like a quick and dirty version. And then we're going to get straight to the meat and potatoes of everything. Sound good? Sweet. Sounds good. (laughs) So my name is Amanda and I am the owner of AMA Designs and Interiors. 
I am from New Jersey, but I help people locally and globally through online design and also in-person design if they're local to New Jersey, New York area. Right now in my business, I am full-time finally, um, and (laughs) we'll be talking about that today, so I won't give away too many of the details, but that's where I am (laughs) as of now. Awesome. And so I'm really glad you said that because, and this is going to be fun, but weird because full disclosure, Amanda and I are real life friends. So we talk all day. So (laughs) if we go off on a tangent, sorry, not sorry. But (laughs) like she said, she's officially full time in her business. And I know quite a few of you um, are either just trying to figure out if you want to be full-time, self-employed, maybe this is like your side hustle and you're trying to figure out your pivot. Like so many of you are like in different phases, but from like emails and things that I get, I'm almost certain majority of you are on that route of entrepreneurship. And at the time of recording, It wasn't even like a couple of months ago, Amanda had a quote unquote day job and is now full time in her business. So first thing, what has it been like, like doing that transition from working somewhere else, having this as a side hustle to now this being your only thing? (laughs) The transition has been quite the experience. Because from working full time, I really prioritized my time because I was working 40 hours a week. And when I came home at the end of the day, I was like, okay, I'm going to work on these three priorities to move the needle forward. Or I was working in the morning, you know, I was working odd hours to get the job done and also, you know, finish my projects and keep my clients happy. When I transition to full time, it's now like, oh my gosh, I have all this time. What do I do? (laughs) So keeping myself accountable, um, you know, I've expanded my list from, you know, my top three goals to, um, you know, blocking out time for marketing, blocking out time for my money making activities. And of course, uh, blocking out time to uh, be creative and tend to my clients. So keeping that schedule has been quite quite a transition and it's very liberating too and scary but mostly liberating <laughs> i can i can totally imagine cuz you said 40 hours a week and so just to clarify for our listeners i know it the answer but you were working full time in design so it wasn't like you had another kind of job and doing your business you were juggling two design hats yes, right yes absolutely i was project manager at another firm. And then I would come home to design again. And I have spoken to other creatives or other people who had a side hustle, but their main, their main hustle, their main job was completely different. So they had passion for what they were doing on the side. And it's not like I never had passion for design, but when I was doing it full time and where I was, I was completely unhappy and unsatisfied and Um, I had to do a lot of mindset tricks to bring my passion back again and make sure that I'm still excited outside of my job and when I'm pursuing my passion. So let's pull over. Let's park there for a minute because you talked about mindset. And so I'm sure that's also been part of the transition. Do you think working within design and then side hustling within design how do you think that prepared you to make the transition into 
you know, your own self-employment, did it motivate you more or was it something you still almost had to like remind yourself if you still wanted Mm. it? There was a few times where if I came home on a really hard day where I was like, do I want to be a designer? Like, do I really want to do this? But then, (laughs) but that, that didn't come up too often. More so I felt more motivated. Um, I was giving a lot of advice and I felt like, Hey, if I know the answers, then I should be doing it. Like, you know, what else can I possibly be learning that? And I realized with other designers who've been in the industry, like 30 plus years, I mean, you're constantly learning, like you are a lifetime student. And it just Mm -hmm. became this point where I was like, okay, well, I feel really confident. Like, I feel like I know how to run the business. I feel like I know what to do if things came up. I'm I'm ready. (laughs) Okay, so that's that's interesting. And there's two things I want to unpack there. First of all, was entrepreneurship always the goal? And like working elsewhere was just kind of like a learning stepping stone? Or was entrepreneurship just as you learned, you realize, huh, this is more my path. Oh, entrepreneurship was always in my blood. Um, my family owned a construction business. So I was always growing up around my, my family who were in business. And I just realized that, you know, and the whole employee mindset thing, that was just not me. I always felt destined to be a business owner. And even when I was a kid, I was like selling bracelets on the street. Like I was always, you know, I always had that entrepreneur mindset. So the way I approached um, my job now, I think people might think, oh, there's a conflict. You're running a business while you're working full time at a design firm. I never did my work at work. I, I was there. I fully respected my boss. I did what I had to do and I never mixed or intermingled the two. I always kept it completely separate. And the way I approached my job was that I'm going to give it the best I can show up and be the best person I can be. Um, and also use this as a learning experience, ask questions, um, and just really absorb every single thing that I was learning there. So it sounds like <clears throat> even though it was maybe a bit of a challenge juggling the two hats, um, it sounds like it really prepared you because the other piece of what you said that I wanted to unpack was running a business. You know, you have now gone from designing mm-hmm. elsewhere as the project manager to now being all the roles, not you are the boss, you are the designer, you are all the things. And so what has that been like? not just being a designer, but now really being a business owner. It sounds like this prepared you for that. Yes, absolutely. Um, I would say keeping myself accountable while making sure I'm scheduling in things that need to get done. Like I think before I was transitioned and being a full-time business owner, I was really focusing on the task like, what needed to be done, who needed to be responded to. And my tasks were a little bit different. Whereas now it's like, I'm focusing on networking because I could not network after work 
with my schedule, it was very difficult to get myself out of the house or I would miss networking opportunities during the day while I was working. So now that I have that opportunity, I can get out there. I have more time to create videos and market myself. So it's opened up more opportunities for me to put myself out there where I was limited before. So Oh, that's interesting. And I, I definitely want to talk about the networking and the marketing. But now I, I get a lot of messages, designers who want to go out on their own. They're already somewhere else, um, maybe in design, maybe outside of design. Um, as you mentioned, quite a few side hustlers, their main thing isn't necessarily related to their side passion. And What I'm getting from you, which is like a major lesson, so guys and gals, write this down, that there was value in you still taking your time before you left. So what I want to know is, how did you prepare to leave, knowing that you were going to go from employee to hashtag all the things? This is a really good question. So for me, it was planning and creating a spreadsheet And I listed out every single thing that I need to pay for. So everything, all my outflows, all my inflows, like where is my money going and where is it coming from? And knowing that information was super, super important. Um, I had to figure that number out for me to live comfortably and not put myself in jeopardy. So When you know your number, you know what goals that you should be hitting. So I gave myself three months to see if I could fulfill that income every single month. And once I was doing that consistently, I was like, okay, you know, I have enough saved up. I think I could move on. And also, I'm very lucky because I have an amazing fiance who supported me in this mission. And also, Albie, you have been so helpful and my friends and everyone who's been super supportive. So having a team who believes in you is is just as important as the steps to get there and figuring out, okay, what numbers do I need to make and just knowing where you are. And so once you nail down that number, you felt like, and you said three months, right? Yeah. You felt like three months was a comfortable amount of time to basically plan your exit strategy, right? Yes. Yes. And you're doing this now solo? Or are you building your own team? I would love to have a team. There's certain responsibilities that I hate doing. <laughs> <laughs> Like I should not be doing bookkeeping and I would love to have an assistant and um, uh, doing the roles that I'm, that aren't my zone of genius. Like I, at the end of the day, I should just be doing what I'm good at and outsourcing the things that I'm not great at. Um, Because you lean into your strengths. Yes, 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 yes. And also I want to go back because Although I did give myself three months, I was working at my job uh, for five years and I was still doing this. Like I was still taking the steps to build my business, but I feel like without setting a timeline or without creating that, you know, the D-Day, the deadline, (laughs) um, you really don't step up to the plate. And I 
will be fully honest that it did take me a really long time to get here. I wouldn't, I would be lying if I said, oh, you know, I made this decision and three months later, I am the successful business owner. Like, no, that would be a lie. (laughs) Well, so what clicked three months prior that made you go, no, 90 days from this day is when I'm out of here. What what happened if something happened? Mm, I think it was a really big mindset shift for me. It was like, I'm approaching 30. I'm getting married. I want to get a house. I want to start a family one day. I definitely can't rely on my parents. And like, that's not even an option. And I wanted to do this for myself. And I was like, okay, where are we? Like, as in myself, (laughs) I, I had to sit myself down and be like, okay, like, this is where you are. Don't be upset with where you are. But where do you want to go? And I feel like once I really got honest with myself and I had this like major pep talk and Mm -hmm. once I made that decision of, okay, I'm doing this, like, let's see how far I can push myself physically and mentally, like push yourself to 110%. And really, I just put my foot to the gas and I really pushed it for those three months in order to get to where I was, but it was a huge mindset, um, like battle that I had to work with in myself because, um, prior to that, I guess I didn't believe in myself and in half the battle is believing in yourself that you could do it. No, totally. And I think that's why um, tends to keep a lot of people at their main gig, you know, that I, I'm good at what I do. I have this passion, but ooh, am I good enough to do it on my own? Or do I have what it takes to run the whole ship? Because as a business owner, I'm sure there are things you're worried about now that you probably didn't mm. worry about at your other firm. Yes. <laughs> like you know, that just never even crossed your mind. Like you brought up accounting, you brought up things like networking and marketing, which I want to get into. What value does that have to you now that it maybe didn't have before when this wasn't your only thing? So going to events, you mentioned kind of networking with, um, I guess, other industries or potential clients and marketing. Like, let's talk a little bit about that. Sure. So before I was able to have the time to network and put myself out there, you know, I was just focusing on the activities to get done to move the needle. But that was like the one aspect that I was missing. So I, I'm solely focusing on now is networking in person and online. And I feel like the networking in person is such a strong, strong, like thing for me. Um, especially since I'm networking B2B. So I'm networking with other business owners, not necessarily designers, but from all walks of (laughs) all different careers. So it's been really helpful. I signed up for BIG, which is Believe, Inspire, Grow. It's for female entrepreneurs, but um, you don't have to be an entrepreneur. It's it's mostly entrepreneurs, but it's this inspiring uh, women's organization. And I absolutely love it because every time I go to an event, I'm learning something that moves me forward. It makes me grow as a person. And also I'm, I'm networking with other business owners, uh, other ladies who have the same struggles and they also have their own network of people. 
So if they really love me, they might refer me. <laughs> and that's, that's key. And I imagine, you know, as you said, you probably didn't have time to do any of that before. And you talked about you were only focused on, you know, the activities that move the needle forward. So to clarify, you were basically just worried about getting the client, doing the project, and then packing it up onto the next yeah. one. And now you're like, I need to meet other entrepreneurs. I need to put myself out there more. You talked about doing some video as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I am starting to love video. It took me it took me a really long time to get to this point. Um, and that was like another mindset sh- shift too, is like, oh my gosh, people are going to say mean things about me. I might get a nasty comment. And then I realized, who cares? Who cares? You get a negative comment, you could delete it. Um, this is how, yeah, exactly. Like this is how I'm putting myself out there. I'm a business owner. And if I don't advocate for myself, then how are people going to find out about me? Because I just can't expect my friends, my mom (laughs) and my grandmother (laughs) to promote me. (laughs) My mom is like the best, uh, marketer for me, but (laughs) I mean, that's awesome, but that can only take you but so far. (laughs) Exactly. So as the owner of my business, I had to step up to the plate and start promoting myself and showing up in the best light. Did you know that we have a shop? Yes, the Design Influence has a shop. Running your business is more than just beautiful mood boards and design projects. You have to be able to protect yourself, present your ideas in a clear way, protect your clients, get paid, outline your processes, all of this on top of the creative so that your business is always showing up as a clear, precise, and effective machine. That is why we launched our template shop as well as the influence directory. In the template shop, you will find easy, ready to download, and easy to customize templates, everything from e-design contracts, to proposals and briefs to get you started on really systemizing your business and clarifying your processes. The influence directory, on the other hand, gets a little bit deeper. It's a little bit more robust because it is an index of courses designed to help you maximize your expertise and influence. So from software to strategy, tools to tactics, I've pulled all of my knowledge and all of my resources to help you learn connect and thrive in your own designpreneur journey head over to the designinfluence.com forward slash resources to get started with some of our templates and also to sign up with some of the courses that will be rolling out later this year see you on the other side now let's get back to the conversation so let's talk about this mindset because One of the things that I love about how you do design, you believe in intentional design. So you're using a lot of psychology to work with your clients to help them really create a space that they love. And that that sounds amazing for the clients. What has that same psychology done for you as a business owner that then kind of translates to you being a good designer and kind of like closing that loop? Oh, I love this question. Okay, so... uh... I got certified in design psychology and I, before my certification, I always knew that our environments have the impact to influence our lives and 
how we go about life and our behavior. And I, I saw it happening. So I knew there had to be like real concrete science behind it. But before my certification, um, I was very intentional about how I created my space, especially my office. So I don't have a separate office away from my house. I have a home office. Uh, there's people in the house and it can be distracting. You also have a kitchen and a refrigerator and things like that. So, you know. <laughs> so what you're saying is we're snacking 24-7. Got it. <laughs> exactly. The temptation is real. Okay. So I really had to be conscious about creating a separate space that made me feel successful. Now, um, mm. prior to this like three-month shift, I was working in a basement. I had no windows, obviously. The lighting was fluorescence and I was not even working off a real desk. I was using like an outdoor glass table. And <laughs> now real, y'all. Exactly. So I'm just I'm just painting the picture for you. And then I didn't feel creative. I didn't feel inspired for sure. And I didn't feel productive in that space. And it was very depressing. So I was I wasn't feeling positive either. So I said, you know what? We're going to start over. I purchased a desk. I made a really nice section of my room and I made sure it was by the window because for me being by natural lighting and being by being able to see out the window and know what time of day it is, is very important. <laughs> and just filling my space with all inspiring things. Like I have a little affirmation on my desk, my design books and things that make made me feel good. And other little reminders that remind me of success or remind me of um, the goal. The goal, yes. So by creating that intentional environment, it really, I feel like it did set me up for success in a way. I mean, I'm actually working from a desk now, so that's plus. <laughs> but um, once, it's silly to say, but I felt important. And once I, I, I think a lot of our listeners, you know, not to, you know, interrupt, but I think that's something we have to kind of take a moment and really um, let settle into the conversation. Because I think a lot of our listeners and going back to that mindset talk, especially if it's your side hustle, you don't necessarily feel like a business owner. You don't. Mm, yes. Um that's when that imposter syndrome starts to really start to kick your butt. So I, I think, I don't think it's silly at all. I think a lot of people are like, yes, preach hands. <laughs> because knowing that, okay, I am important enough. I am a real business owner. I am a real designer. That is something that can make or break in any industry. So yeah. totally get a, get a desk, get a desk chair. <laughs> you, know, you need <laughs> to feel important. Exactly. And it's kind of like that saying, fake it till you make it. But for me, it took it one step further. It's like, feel it, feel it. Like, and once you can create that feeling of whether you want to feel like a girl boss, you want to feel important, you want to, you know, em embrace your inner Beyonce and take over the world. Like, <laughs> <laughs> do whatever you takes to make you have that feeling because once you feel so empowered and confident then then you're going to approach your work your writing your marketing everything in your business from a whole new perspective so that 
definitely we're helped. Gonna change it from fake it till you make it to feel till it's real. Or oh we're yeah, that, feel till we're it's gonna real. We're gonna make it a thing. I like it. It should be. We're a gonna thing. make it a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and so these are the same psychology um, techniques that you bring into your projects because, like, you're you're speaking my language here. For anyone who doesn't know, my minor was in psychology. I didn't get my degree in design, but I always knew whatever I was going to do. I needed to understand what makes people tick. Mm, yeah. I minored in psychology because I was like, no matter where I land, um, I need to understand people. And so I totally get where you're coming from when it comes to this. Those feelings um, are just as important as like the practical, tangible things. So this same approach that you took to setting yourself up for success that's the same approach you take to creating your designs? Yes, absolutely. And asking my clients, how do you want the room to feel is like one of the first questions that I ask them. And I don't say that to be like, woohoo, but I'm <laughs> gen- like, I genuinely want to know how they want the room to feel because 10 out of, or nine out of 10 times, they can't really describe what their style is, but they can definitely ramble off uh, a list of emotions that they want to feel. Mm-hmm. I can, if you listen really, really closely, you can hear the hum of designers saying, yes, girl. <laughs> because most clients are like, oh my gosh, I want this to feel so, and then they go off, like you said, rambling emotion. So might as well lean into that. I mean, it makes complete sense. And for our listeners, you do both in-person and online design. Yes. How does that translate into the clients you're not seeing face-to-face? So I, with my e-design services, I also include Skype videos or uh, Google Hangouts, but we do have like a video conference of some sort because I think it's super important for us to meet face-to-face. And even though we're not in person, that video interaction really does build the connection between us. And when you, I can easily send a questionnaire, but mm-hmm. with a questionnaire, people aren't as open or they just write short answers because they want to get it done. And yeah. when you take the questionnaire and go through it with your client and you have just a regular conversation, you can see their body language and they may elaborate on certain things, or maybe they'll be really short with an answer. And then I can then like, come back to them and say, okay, well, you know, why would you say that? And, and kind of get more information. And so the video and questionnaire, my little, it's a, it's a virtual consultation, basically. Uh, Okay. So that translates into my design and keeping those words that they had mentioned. Mm -hmm. I will shop for items based on that that and their style preferences too and all the other things that they had mentioned during the call so I try to select things that evoke those emotions for them and if I happen to pick something that's a miss I ask okay well why wasn't that a yes for you and I'll be like oh well it feels a little too cold or whatever it is and then that gives me more of a direction to find something else that's great and these strategies for the way you kind of move forward with your clients now, were you doing these same things while you were 
full-time employed or did you have time to kind of really build out this system now that you have your own ship to run? Mm. So I was focusing more on e-design when I was full-time because I couldn't design at any time, really. Um, the consultation, the virtual consultation had to be scheduled at a time that was mutually convenient. But as for the shopping, I mean, if I wanted to stay up till midnight to shop, I could do that. <laughs> but uh, with my, um, I, I couldn't really schedule in-person meetings because I was working. So I was not focusing as much with the in-person services. So now that, um, so there's a lot of big shifts that basically changed once that you went out on your own, because it sounds like now that you made the full plunge into being self-employed, you were able to expand your services and just expand your business altogether. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like right now it's a good balance of 50-50. But I art. I also started to dabble into small scales com- commercial, and that has been exciting as well. So, using these same techniques through residential and commercial has been really interesting. Ooh, this sounds exciting! <laughs> and and that's something that I think you know a lot of um, designers who are struggling with making that transition, kind of. Once they're on their own, it's like, oh, wh- where do I go from here? And may see that as a handicap, but you embrace that as a no, I have all the space and opportunity to grow and expand because now that's 40 more hours in your day, not even counting commute. I imagine there yep. was a commute that you 48, 40 hours in the week, excuse me, that you just got yeah, back. Absolutely. It's, it's been amazing. <laughs> So that I want to know, now that you're fully self-employed, what does a day for by AMA Designs look like? It's been a full month, actually. Okay. So at the time of recording, because um, this isn't going to go live, so I just want to clarify, the time of recording, it's been a yes. month. So I've been okay. in business for a full month. So right now, I feel like I'm still finding my groove. But right mm-hmm. now, I would say my days fluctuate. Uh, depending on my appointments, but my in-person appointments, but I'm trying to keep my most creative tasks in the morning because I know when I wake up, I have the most energy. I feel the most inspired. And I know if I have to do any content writing or come up with a design concept, it's most likely going to be best in the morning. And then the administrative tasks and the stuff that I don't really like doing or, you know. (laughs) The stuff that we'll be outsourcing soon. (laughs) Yes. um, The stuff that requires maybe a little less uh, creative brain power, I save that for the end of the day. Or if I have to run errands or go to a store, go to a showroom, I kind of schedule that in the afternoon. So as opposed to before where you were trying to cram all those things into like the nighttime. Yeah, absolutely. So what advice do you have, and we're, we're going to make this like really tangible, give me three things. Two, if you can't give me three. Um, okay. For the designer who's like, hey, I work at XYZ Place, but I really want to start out on my own. I have no idea where to really start to take this plunge. What do you say to them? What are three steps that they could start to take to get ready? Mm, okay. So first, 
I would say have a vision of what you want to do and who do you want to work for. So uh, like what type of client? What's your ideal client? And I feel like once you clarify that, that will be very helpful for like the next step. So step two would be, so once you know who, like what do you want to do and who do you want to work for, then two would be to come up with a plan. So that th- in this step, that's where I strategized how much I need to make a month for me to live and be successful. And then three would be to, I guess, take action, do the work. And I say this with, with, um, advice because I know so many people are like, Oh, well, I don't really know where to start. I don't know what to do. And you know, or I need to get organized. They use that as an excuse, but, (laughs) (laughs) but step three would be just to take action because as you step forward, you'll learn what works and what doesn't work or uh, how to tweak things. So it does work for you. And that, that was like the one thing for me that really made everything click was just taking daily steps to get there and learning as I go because no one wakes up an expert. Can you say that one more time for the kids in the back? wakes up an expert and I think that is something that cripples people until it's perfect until you know the red carpet is rolled out and they hear the proverbial ding that says it's time to go they don't go exactly and that that definitely stunted my growth as I said I was doing I was freelancing five years (laughs) so it definitely um that imposter syndrome or not taking any action or not whoing, not knowing whoing, that I can't talk, not knowing <laughs> who I was speaking to. And so you mentioned that as your step one, the clients that you had where you were working before, were they your quote unquote ideal client or are you different dealing with a completely different client profile now? Oh, completely different. Oh. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> I, All right. <laughs> I won't say anything else. <laughs> but I think that's something, you know, a lot of especially designers can relate to if they're working in design, much less if they're not working in design full time. They're dealing with a whole different kind of personalities that they otherwise on their own wouldn't be dealing with. So I think that's definitely key, identifying who you want to work with, because not only does that help, you know, clarify all the other things. That's something you're working towards. Like I won't always it won't always be like this. It won't always be this person or it won't always be this project once I make my own way. Exactly. And working in that environment has definitely helped me identify, okay, who do I want to work for? Like I am a business owner, but I still have to work for somebody. I'm working for clients now. I'm not working for a boss. I'm working for people. So I had to identify, okay, what does that person do? Um, What tier do they fall in? And I just really had to be crystal clear on who that person was because I wasn't happy working with the people I was working with. So I had to be crystal clear on that. No, and that that makes absolute sense. And I love that you said that you are always working for someone. And I think that that is 
that that is the lesson. You're always working for someone, but making that shift to do it on your own, changing your mindset, changing your strategies. You just go from, you know, actually being an employee to now working for the clients and the projects that you love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Amanda, I mean, we could do this all day. I mean, we literally do anyway. (laughs) So spoiler alert, this is what our group chat looks like. (laughs) One last question, Amanda, be it in life or in business, what's been influencing you lately? Ooh. Hmm. I I shook things up there a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) What is influencing me? Well, I would say affirmations have definitely helped shift how I feel. And that's been influencing me in my personal life and how I show up professionally. So it took me a little while to... um, get into this habit because it really felt weird. <laughs> but but once I started to do it consistently, it really just made me more positive and it definitely impacted how I show up throughout the entire day. So that's I've been doing that consistently um since I've you know went on this journey of becoming a full-time business owner. So that was like the one thing that I would have to say has influenced me the most, both personally and professionally. Awesome. Amanda, thank you. This has been amazing. Once I hit stop recording, we're going to keep yapping, but this is all you guys get. Um, Let our listeners know if they want to just stalk you a little bit more, (laughs) where can they find by AMA Designs? So I'm huge on Instagram. You can see my work there and behind the scenes on my stories. So by AMA Designs. And I am on Facebook by Amy Designs. You can find me there. And that's about it. Yeah, that's for the social channels. <laughs> awesome sauce. Thank you again, Amanda. And I know our listeners are going to love the, the little nuggets that you shared with us today. Thank you so much. So what did we learn today? Because I feel like, and I'm sure I said this somewhere before, Every single time I have a guest on the show, I learn so much. So I know that you guys learned a lot too. Today's lessons, hanging out with Amanda as someone who used to be a side hustler, who is now a full-time business owner and full disclosure, we recorded this a while back. So she mentioned that she was about a month into being a full-time business owner at the time of recording. Now it's been months in. And I checked in with her right before airing on this episode. And I mean, those same lessons have not changed. She's just kind of dug deeper into them. And I mean, those are lessons that we can all take into whatever our next season of business is. Whether you're transitioning from a full-time job to full-time entrepreneurship, or simply making the transition from a hobby to serious business, These are the things that you need to do to prepare. Planning out your numbers. You should be doing that anyway. And then planning your exit strategy. Think through all of the things you weren't doing before as an employee that you'll now be responsible for as the boss. Remember that you always work for someone. 
that was like mind blown but it is the truth you always work for someone that someone is just now the client and the client may not be the same as having a boss but that is someone that will be holding you accountable so that is something that you have to keep in mind you're the boss in your business but you work for your client you serve your client lastly pace yourself I'm throwing that one in there it's kind of like a paraphrase but you really have to pace yourself Amanda made a point of saying that she had to work on her mindset before she could even really fully commit to taking the plunge into full entrepreneurship she gave herself a deadline Yes, she gave herself those 90 days, but she had to be honest about what it was going to take to get to that point, which was a lot of mindset work. And we've heard this from Veronica Solomon. We've heard this from Cheryl Luckett. You have to have a plan, but then you also have to work on the mindset. The two go hand in hand. So many of our guests, even the ones who weren't switching careers or switching from part-time to full-time, It's all about working towards that goal. You don't just wake up, say, this is the goal, and then the goal is there. (laughs) And Amanda is definitely a testament to that. So while you're listening to this episode, I want you to screenshot the episode, tag us at The Design Influence, and tag Amanda at By AMA Designs, and let us know what your biggest takeaway was. What lessons did you learn from this episode? There were a lot. These are just the biggest ones that I hope you guys take away from them, but I want to hear directly from you. For more details on what we talked about today, everything that was referenced, just all of the show notes, head over to the designinfluence.com forward slash podcast. I definitely, as always, hope you subscribe and don't be a stranger. Again, reach out to me, reach out to Amanda, keep joining me every week. And if you haven't already, let me know what you thought about today's episode, about the show, with a rating and a review. Share it with your design bestie. Fun fact, Amanda's my design bestie (laughs) and I had her on the show. Sharing is definitely caring. So share it with your own design bestie. Thank you for making me part of your day and I hope you guys continue to come back and keep hanging out with me. Now go forth and create your own influence. Bye.